I'll watch it. I'll see what all the hoopla is about. Digital. Digital, yeah. Oh, Hoopla Digital is fantastic. What a great thing. There's two free streaming services that need your library card, but once you get into it, it's just like Canopy with a K and then Hoopla Digital. Okay, let and me write this. Hoopla Digital does this fantastic like sorting of movies where you can look for either new, oh, recent, recommended, or favorites or popular. Okay. Like if you're looking for science fiction or like drama, yeah, yeah. it's it has to be one of those four categories. And and we're talking about old like ones I would have to go to Netflix DVD in the mail for. It, it would be like from Joy Luck Club to like wow. uh uh Bad Grandma from this last year, from this year actually. There's okay. there's a lot of films from this year that pop up that go under the radar, but they, they pop up in the library streaming service. Like I just okay, saw I got to tell, tell you stuff. Yeah. You ready? Uh-huh. Okay. So there's a politician, right? And he That's is a congressman and he's going to run for governor. Okay. That's possibly Miami or Florida. It's a fucking okay. Florida. That right. looks very much like Tampa, like kind of. Yeah. Like it true lies. And those palm trees don't need to be L.A. Look, I don't know where the location of this was. You know, Burt Reynolds did a lot of living in uh, West Palm Beach. It was, um, uh, I forget the exact name of the town of Florida, but um, I'll remember it during the, during our little broadcast here. Sure. But, so it's very possible that it's filmed right by his home in Florida. That saves him a lot of time, you know, he just... Seems like can pick them up. Yeah. West Palm Beach was the airport and um gosh, 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 gosh. I used to know because we had a site down there for work and I would have to go and everyone was like, Burt Reynolds this and oh I just saw him, you just missed him, stuff like that. He's just okay. playing to her belly button. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Burt Reynolds is about to make ten thousand dollars, but he's gotta be with Charles Dunning, who fucked him over. Okay, so he's like, you stay in the car, Charles. So he's got to come in here and apprehend Mr. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, he's looking at me. Not since Paul Newman and money uh, <laughs> I think is missing. It's been such great poolside drama. Now he's going to push the guys in the pool and that'll be fun. Well, he has to drag them to the edge first. That's funny. Nobody asked me, are you Burt Reynolds? <laughs> Reynolds just walks into my pool party. My henchmen do nothing. They just look at the ground. <laughs> the henchmen will whoa, whoa. The henchmen will definitely do something now. Hey, old timer. Say there, Mac. <laughs> yeah, say there, Mac. If he was John Wick, he would know all the assassins' names. People like Frederick, Clarence. Yeah. Yeah, good to see you again, Clarence. Yeah, good to see you. John, Mr. Wick. You're back in the game, Mr. Wick? No, just no. visiting. Why do people keep asking me? Keep visiting. <laughs> the last time. Well, I guess, you know what? I think I am. I can't even do the impression. <laughs> he, would, he should be like Steve Martin and just hand them a card. Hi, it's John Wick. Good to see you again. Yeah, Mr. that's right. Joe. You met the world famous John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not back in the game, just visiting. Just <laughs> 
And then on the other side, he says, yeah, maybe I'm thinking I am. Now, look, he swiped his guy, right? But, whoa, Charles Dunning is there. They've shot his guy. Yeah. Look at that big stomach. Charles <laughs> Dunning walks right through this movie. He walks through it, walks through it, walks through it. He sucks. He can't even move, man. <laughs> he just wants to walk into a scene where a guy gets shot. <laughs> like the guy gets shot right when you see Dirty's stomach walk into the set. But God bless him. He has a great stomach. I'm not gonna. He can barely move. He's seated already in the shot. That's Why are you got Charles Dunning? Let the man be. It's Florida it's plates, easy. Mike. Florida plates. Okay. Florida. This is the politician, and he is a congressman, and he is going to give a speech at this old crappy beaten up hotel okay they've renovated the one room the main ballroom it's the first one of the renovation of the entire hotel and so that's what the speech is about it's like big deal a big deal okay right. meanwhile the first wife uh, the congressman's wife is backstage the daughter is getting a tour of the hotel um okay so they're vulnerable if you were a bad guy, okay, named Keith here. Wait, so wait, did you say hotel? It's really funny because the name of this movie is Hostage Hotel. Oh, yeah. That should imply that there will be hostages. And I'm not saying that it's the daughter and the wife, but it is the daughter and the wife. So and it's just like Charles Dunning. Is this Die Hard in a, in a hotel? No, Die Hard was just too clever. Um, <laughs> well, compared, it's like they're, they're going to walk through a maze of booby traps until they finally arrive at the kidnapper, okay? Is that really... Oh, I love boobies. It's more like they're on a quest than they're, you know, like John, what was his name, the cop, John? Uh, McClure or something. McLean, John McLean. John oh, McLean. John McClane, yeah, from Die Hard movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, John McClane was like fucking with the German guys, fucking with them, you know? Right. Vias and Hans reporting. You know, I was at the pitch room for Die Hard, and they pitched it as a Hard Time 3 Hostage Hotel in an office building. Mm-hmm. And they said, enough. I'm so tired of hostage, uh, Hard Time 3 Hostage Hotel. Now, look, there's Keith. Ke okay, getting a tour is Scream Queen, and we'll find out soon. The very wimpy, wimpy, wimpy congressman's aide. Yeah, let me show you over here. And this uh, actress committed suicide, see? Dr. Martin and Boots. Dr. Martin and Boots. Remember that from the young ones? Nope. They sang a punk song about Dr. Martin and Boots. The speech, speech, speech. To this great opportunity that we bring. <laughs> speech, speech, speech. You know, it's just what exactly. He could be anybody. I'm at the dais. He could be Mayor Jim Beam. Jim Boo. Oh, yeah, Mayor Jim Beam. He fucked up the city pretty badly, I have to say. <laughs> no, they were like DUI everywhere. Speech. It could have been Reagan. It could have been. Clinton, our prosperity. I still think it's Mayor Jim Bean, <laughs> as you mentioned. 
So this looks good. They shot this in like a in a. Moon beans in a jar. I don't have locations on this film. I I know that's weak. Oh no, it's not weak. It's shot in Florida, and then it's shot in a hotel. <laughs> I'm what? an archivist and I'm a researcher by trade. <laughs> Keith Carradine. Keith Carradine He's with the gun. Yeah, he yanked his hand. He said his hand like went right over her and like yanked her out of the set. The scene. She's like, "What was your name again?" I'm sorry, sweetie. What was your name? Oh, My never name mind. Is... It doesn't matter. You're going to be hostage and killed like right the fuck away. Who gives a oh, shit? I told name? you my name. My name is Yoink. Your name is Yoink. <laughs> Yoink. You know what? When I'll learn your name at the funeral. When I go to your funeral, she, she was. Uh, she held my hand. What's this? Ouch! Ouch! Oh, stop hitting me! Now you can't just come in here and push people around and hit somebody. Pistol with them. Wait, you have camouflage clothes on? Army clothes? I don't see him. I see the head of Keith Carradine. He was the weakest brother, man. Shut up, man. He's the funniest brother. He's the only decent. Saw Bill Hickok in HBO's thing, and he was—I don't know—he's in films like Nashville. He was on Dynasty. No, oh no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, no he wasn't. That's probably David. He was on Fargo, which was pretty good. He was very good in that. But the movie or the TV series? The TV series. Uh, wait, which season? <laughs> the first one. Oh yeah, great. Yeah, great job. With, with the one with with Billy. Uh, oh, Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, that yeah, one. Great. Yeah, great job. Good. I thought it was in the fourth season. Look, see, they did the dumbest directorial move ever. They, Alan Smithy put a, a rag in her mouth, right? She's a scream right. queen. What are you doing? Yeah, people paid money to see her scream or turn right. on TNT to see her scream. She's not the princess of muffling. She's a scream queen. Being Visiting hours of the hospital will be closing in 15 minutes. Being, sorry, I wanted to add a little accoutrement to this movie. Well, it's it's a hotel that hasn't been renovated. Oh no, I'm just saying that you'd probably be watching this when you're stuck in your hospital bed when TNT on the TV. <laughs> no, this is your captain calling. I have I jumped the plane 20 minutes ago, but I'm gonna let you know. Enjoy hard time three. Kids couldn't understand that you saw the movie they showed you way back when, like they had a video or something. Well, you know, I don't. I don't think there's some airlines that strip down like they don't have video screens. I mean, back in our day, like in the '80s and oh, back in, like you would, yeah, get on the flight and it would be like The Wiz by Michael Jackson. That was the flight's film. Right. So they would have the ability to. They would blast like the TV. Even in the '90s, they would play the Friends episode loud. But if you want to watch the feature-length movie that was after it receded, this is on a long flight. You would have to get headphones. Look, Mike, somebody screwed over Keith Carradine. It was David? You couldn't bring your own headphones because it was all that weird plug-in. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, because they like a double. But then you would hold on to someone you bought on a flight, and then yeah. you'd be like, whatever I'm doing for the next whatever time, why I flew, I'm just going to remember to bring these headphones back on a return flight and watch a movie for free. For free. And... Sometimes by the time you got back to the next flight, the return flight, it would be all crackly. You know, the wire would have frayed. Oh, right. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't work the second time. Yeah, one ear didn't work. 
But yeah, 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 it's free. But the worst is it's a movie that you've seen already. Yeah. You're like Spear with Sharon Stone, Dustin <laughs> Hoffman. Fuck, I just watched that. I just returned that to Blockbuster. Okay, now there are hostages, but politician guy and the rest of the world don't know. They're out there going, platitude, platitude, this grand hotel. Like when I was a boy, we'd come here many a night after church for a fine meal at the hotel restaurant. And to restore it to its beauty. Oh, God. Wait, is it? Is there? A, oh, yeah. You can't have a hostage movie without a politician's daughter getting hit. Uh, <laughs> it's every video game. That's yeah. right. Now the she was having a little. Has been, president's daughter has been kidnapped. Better call bad dudes. He, he at the beginning they were having like a little tiff, and as the thing goes on, he's, she's going to forgive daddy, and she's going to accept her stepmother. It's just that it's not believable at all. Like she just flips and says, <laughs> "She, you know, she worked through the trauma." That's right. That's right. That is the excuse for its believability. Uh, you were with her as she was tied up and treated poorly. She had a gag in her mouth. It sucked. And then she was like, I'm sorry, and I love you, and I'll accept you as my stepmother. And then she's like, well, I'll never ground you again. And she goes, I'm going to ground myself. And they're friends. They're friends. Oh, that's a bomb. That's a bomb. Oh, it is? I thought that was money. I thought that was the blank bills. <laughs> yeah, he got double-crossed by the politicians. Okay, the thing is here, the guy who wants him to run for governor and then for president, like his right-hand man, he paid Keith Carradine to do this for the political uh, benefit of it because that they would be freed unharmed because of something that the uh, congressman did. Uh, you'll see, and it's a big scandal, and he gets outed at the end. All right. And he double-crossed them by, he's so stupid, why would he do it? He gave them blank money. They essentially got 300 bucks. So there he is. There so he is. part of this plan was they had hostages? Yeah. <laughs> but it was like Fargo. Hey, this is supposed to be a no-rough-stuff type deal. Yeah, but you know, Fargo, you, they were only supposed to kill one person. They weren't were supposed to hold a hotel hostage. Yeah, well, uh, they was only supposed to, he was going to kidnap the, the wife, remember? And, yeah, kidnap the wife. Text me, Keith, text me. He was going to kidnap the wife, and um, uh, it was going to be a ransom because that's what the, the husband thought he was owed from the father, remember? So, right, yeah, it's, and that's it. It was supposed to be okay. And here's your kid. Here's your. Meanwhile, he's got a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was. It was, and that's you know, of course, it's a movie, so everything went wrong. Perfect. And which is a better season on the TV, season one or season two? Um, season one was very good. Season four was very very good. Season two was okay. That's I don't know. Cool. Yeah. I like to. I like to a lot. I saw that. I guess it's because I saw it first, and I thought it was wow, what a great job. But then remind I, me, remind. I watched the first season. Who was the bad guy in two? Oh, 
uh, um, he he's the character. He's the kid character in season four. Mike, uh, how was it? Uh, so one of them is deaf. Maybe. Uh, the season four is like an origin story of one of the villains too. If that helps. Season four was the one with the uh, Star Wars guy with uh, uh, ha that heroin movie series guy. Yes, yes, Ian McGregor playing twin. Right, and yeah. and he was the twins, and I thought it yeah. was very well done. It was also with the English man who the the, the mob took over their company, and that um, one's terrific. Oh, that was season three. Oh, okay. So season four is with Chris Rock. Yeah, that's right. Chris Rock and uh, so the season guy two Cora. must have been that female police officer who went to Los Angeles. Los Angeles, yeah. I think that was the third one too, because she meets God in a bar. It was very. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I, we we want to remind people listening to our oh. podcast that we lost interest in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back. Okay. So. What's happened is now they know. Now they know, and they've got their demands. It includes, be, you know, speaking on Larry King. Now this guy here, you might know him as the 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 buddy on um, uh, Married with Children. You know, Al's buddy. Oh yeah, Ted McGinty. Well, he's he's infamous because uh, he showed up on Happy Days in like season five. Yep. he was a regular at the way end. Way end. Right, way end. But he was always like the jump to shark guy. They said. Oh, the show jumped the shark when Ted McGinley got on. But right. Ted McGinley, and he'll say it himself. I heard interviews. He was on the show for like five more seasons. You know, I mean, it wasn't, he didn't cause the end of it. And he definitely did not cause the end of Married with Children. They had, it was Lamb. I forget. Charles Lamb was the actor's name. I don't know why. Norman Lamb. I don't know why I remember the original of Darcy's husband. Remember Darcy had this yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was, see, Married with, with Children was a show I avoided. It was just oh. so stupid. It was like oh. everything bad with America in one, look, this is how we are as America. It was a gross exaggeration, but you did know Al Bundy, little parts of him and a bunch of people you know. Like he didn't come from a vacuum. It, I just hated it. And the way they fight Al, and she's got the big hair like a stupid woman would. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, well, I'm the sexy daughter, and I'm the over horny kid. Boy, I don't know. I don't know. It seemed... yeah, the, the sexy daughter is a little problematic. I, I think it was that they were upstart television show and that they were going to take the formula and tilt it. And they did. They mm -hmm. had these uh, yeah. characters. and uh, But it was really well done, but the first season where like the, there are this grizzled married couple, and they uh, um, have this new couple move in, and that's the the drama. It's the playoff of these naive, this newlyweds versus these grizzled couple, and, and <laughs> the discovery and the cynicism, and ultimately goes yeah. down to cynicism. You'll and find out soon enough. You'll find out soon enough. <laughs> you haven't tried this yet, and. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you like the Ropers? Remember, let's you know, it's the same formula. It's Mrs. Roper wants to have sex with Mr. Roper. Mr. Right. Roper says no. <laughs> that was the entire show. Yeah, that right? was Maybe the Jeffrey, entire show. Jeffrey yeah, Chandler and it, it would it would be circled around that because he would fall into some sort of something that was sexually exciting to him, right? right? And he would pursue it. And he would try to do it behind the back. Stanley, oh yes, dear. Stanley, and then, right. And then in the end, 
like it would either get ruined by her. It was never anybody's vindictive fault. It always just fell apart on him, you know? It wasn't like uh, he said, no, like I would say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the thing I have to say about Married with Children, and I'm speaking as a fan, Carl, I've watched, when it was on syndication, I was able to rewatch and watch all the episodes. Okay. It said when her first husband disappears and she wakes up married to a guy whose last name is Marcy. I know Darcy. Uh, and her name is now Marcy Darcy. Uh, the show just really kind of cut loose. And the, the actress who played Marcy Darcy directed a lot of episodes and was involved creatively really? in the show. And I think that she was able to use the, her new husband as a kind of a way to have her character. Yeah, because her character embraces what Peck says. You know, she becomes uh, emboldened by all, all this banality. And, uh, <laughs> wait, and, wait, you see the explosion? I it did, I guess. I was so I was so wrapped up talking about Marcy Darcy, but I, I think the reason. Wait, are we doing a disservice to? We've talked about. Yeah, I don't know. Are we for the audience? Oh, you know, you're absolutely right. But the problem with television movies is that they're they're built to be bad. You're supposed to sit around the TV set going, "This is bad," and the commercials <laughs> come on, and you go, "These commercials are bad," and then you watch more, and then you watch more commercials. Okay, I gotta tell you, Keith Carradine was in Vietnam, right? And he's yes. got a buddy there whose name is like Weirdo. Look how big Charles is. My God. He's got he's bigger than this guy. Oh my god, it's a medicine ball. <laughs> it's a me- it is. Can't laugh. I've had that stomach. People call you boss. Hey boss. Why <laughs> why call me boss? Because they you want to play bumper cars? You don't need a car. So, um, okay, Keith Carradine's character and Burt Reynolds' character were mall tunnel rats in uh, Vietnam, and they would plant booby traps, and they would go through booby-trapped places. Uh, you know, we did give this movie a chance. I am so far. Okay, so this guy who went to jail for the first two episodes has a war. <laughs> no, one, money. no, no. The first episode was about how he got arrested or okay. to jail. The, the second one was him in jail and his experience with this con. And then the third one now that we're watching is he just got out. Charles did it. Now, look, the kidnappers say they want Charles Dunning. Retired police captain Charles, whatever his real name, his name in the movie is. So that's why he's been drafted to go and be a negotiator. They ask he's going to negotiate. What he's going to order? Like we want cheese. We want cheese sticks with the pizza. <laughs> they want to be on Larry King. They want this much money. Look at this, poor Charles. That wasn't a choice. That someone had to put a jacket on him. Right. The thing is, he seriously, he's so physically unable to do anything. I mean, he's not even skipper fat. He's all the way over. You know, the guy on uh, Roseanne, the husband, you know, how big he got. That's comparable fat to this guy. Wow. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, the thing is, they found a shirt that fits or he had a shirt that fits. <laughs> that's probably what happened. Wardrobe. Well, you know what? We're thinking you're so into look, the character. We should just keep your clothes look, and wearing in the trailer now, Mr. Dick. Watch, Mike, watch. This is seriously serious. I can't watch him walk up. He's walking up the stairs. I don't want to watch. Now, look. Did you see how we cut away? He did three steps. 
and then we cut away. Two. One, two, three. Two and a half. <laughs> now he stops and he goes, I'm getting to be an old man. I can't, you know what I mean? Explaining for the plot why I'm, it's not because I'm walking through this movie because I'm, oh my God. It has the silhouette of the old school elevator and maybe he could take the hotel elevator. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's out of service. The whole place needs to be renovated. Uh, one more step. Now, Charles Dunning was in over 200 things, you know. He was in Tootsie oh. and Dog Day Afternoon. He was everywhere. Dick Tracy, The Sting, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, The Muppet Movie. He's all over the place. Tootsie, did I say that one? Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, True Confession. This guy is a face. He's a character actor, and you know him well. That's why he got the role. Burt Reynolds likes him. Well, that's another thing. He's been in a lot of Burt Reynolds. Now, here's something very interesting. He, You remember uh, we saw one of your favorite movies, Meatballs 3, Summer Job. Right, that's right. Or is it Meatball 3? Uh, okay. AKA. Meatball 3? Meatballs Meatballs 3. Meatballs 3. Summer he Job. He was a doorman uncredited. A doorman uncredited, Charles Darwin. Yeah. Yeah. So he's what? back. As Detective Charles Duffy. I guess that was before, you know, it was very early in his... That doesn't make sense, right? He was yeah, famous yeah, in 1973. Like hey, it's Bob Hoskins as accredited... <laughs> doorman. Doorman. Maybe we should go back and check that episode out. Why would you be a doorman of all things in that movie? So, okay. He is meeting the rather wimpy assistant of the congressman. He's like, don't go back. It's with booby traps. They gave me this map to get through, and I'm going back. And he goes, all right, take my map. <laughs> Ooh, like national treasure map? No, it's like they mapped out the booby traps in this fantasy land in this hostage hotel. There's like an FBI headquarters there because it's kidnapping, and he's got a Charles Duffy. He's got uh, Charles Dunning has got a wire on him, and he's going through this maze of the hotel. It doesn't make sense. Oh but... my yeah. Jesus! I'm sorry. I'm gonna be a couple seconds behind, but I'm just watching Charles Dunning walking down. He has to go to like column and rest. Rest, yeah. And he put the flashlight on as if he's trying to figure yeah. it out. Boom! He's booby trap blown up. Holy shit, well, that's great effects. Talk about TNT. We know TNT. Boom. Right? TBS, we know drama. TNT, we, we know, know drama. We know. TNT knows explosives. I got yeah. now. Dynamite! TNT. Jimmy J.J. Walker, we want all week. T and T with you. I'll have a TNT. So what, it was Ted Turner. He owned WGBO or something in, in Chicago. Yeah, and he then, owns WGBO. Right. He owned Jane Fonda. He owned, he owned Jane Fonda. movies. He, he owned Colorized Movies. He owned Tom Jerry. He owned Hanna-Barbera. He, hey, he Rolly Poli. You're the negotiator I asked for. Okay, listen, there's something very bad in the film, right? 
Uh-huh. We do not learn why Keith Carradine asked for him as a negotiator. We don't learn why. He says, you remember me, don't you? And Charles Dunning doesn't remember him, but he fakes it. And then we just never get the answer. That's so strange. Out of all the negotiators in Florida. So he goes, he's pretending. Bugazi. Yeah, that's what I thought. Bugazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were opening, uh, for minor threat was opening. He says, you got me out. See, he doesn't know who he is. And Charles Sonny's like, oh, yeah, I got you out, eh? So then it never gets resolved. We don't know why Keith Carradine asked for him. And we just don't know. It's it's so weak. Anyway, then they find a wire on him. And when they find the wire on him, they go, fuck you. You're not our negotiator anymore. Carol, why did they have Gordon Ramsay there in the FBI? I did. You know, I don't know who that dude is. <laughs> he does look like Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I found our Star Trek connection. Gordon Ramsay? Or no, the mouth breather. Yeah, the mouth breather. Was he on Star Trek? Uh, no. Uh, the bad guy was on Star Trek. I'm going to give the rundown to some of these characters. So, you know, I did some research. No, I know. You know, you know, I believe you. It's an embarrassing episode. It's so, look, he found the wire. So he's now, that makes me so mad. I just 100% quit on you for whatever reason I brought you here. You're no longer my negotiator. Here, pretend you got knocked out. Act. Oh. Act. He goes, I'm going to hit you on the head. Now pretend you're knocked out. Oh. Good acting, good acting. Cut, Charles. Oh, politician. Oh, my family, my family. I'm pretending love with them. Oh, now in the back, you know, on the right, that's our happy days killer. Not. Right. And on the left, that guy is a character actor, and he's been in a lot of things, including um, The Fugitive. He was in The Fugitive. Uh, right. You know, Lethal Weapon 4. Wasn't he in, like, a David Spade movie? He worked at, like, a janitor. It was his dad or something. I don't... Uh, maybe if it's called Grounded for Life. No, that's a... No, Grounded for Life, he played the dad. That was a good sitcom. Yeah, okay. Uh, he was played. on The Young and the Restless in 2007. He was, like, a warden. Uh, huh. I don't know why. He looks like a warden. That's probably why. Well, I mean, it's post-career is what I mean. Like, why did he pop up and decide to work for a year? I bet you there's some story there. Like, He was one of those actors who, like, I need a challenge. I need to do soap operas. <laughs> you don't think it was, I need some money fast? I need to be employed again? Yeah, you, you, get the, you get the money fast by doing, like, Weight Watcher infomercials. You don't have to go into, like, an acting where you have to know the lines and that's a good point. Lines. That's a that's a very good point. Soap operas are crime. It's a crime. It's a different style of acting. You know, it's a different production. So, you know, if uh, if he decides to go that way, but yeah, it's probably for the money. It's probably what he got. Just yeah, probably. probably. He, and he got to do his chops. He is an actor. Does he tape him in New York so he can 
live in Montclair and take the bus over. <laughs> yeah, the 66th or yeah, the 33, they, they, right? If you're desperate, you can take the 33. It involves more walking. You can if take if you're desperate, you can have to go to Newark and take a, uh, just take a train over. Yeah, Penn Station. Yeah. Okay, boring. So now, Oh, uh, yeah, that's our bad guy, McCurdy. He's the uh, Star Trek connection. But he's you saw him in Air Force One and Public Enemies and All the Way in 2016, a movie I don't know. The Front Runner in 2018. He, he's been out there. So um, I was going to give you a plot point and I forget. And I already hey, hey, hey. did Star Trek two episodes. Actually, just... three. I love how, like, the three main stars are just hanging out in the background of this press conference. Well, you see, what happened is, it isn't the press conference. They're at a pool at some resort, and they're... Okay, when the kidnappers said, I want Charles Dunning, Charles Dunning said, I'm not going without my Burt Reynolds. He was my partner. You know, and Burt doesn't like him because he had to go to jail for him. And now right. Burt's finding out Charles has been kidnapped also. And he's like, oh, I'm such a loyal friend. Even though he sent me to jail, I'm going to save his life because of our history as partners over 20 years of being cops. Oh, it's so stupid. So because Charles Sunning said, I'm not doing it without Burt Reynolds. And they're like, well, Burt's not here yet. He goes, well, okay, well, as soon as he gets here, you send him in. And, you know, he goes in without him, even though he said, I'm not doing it. This movie doesn't make logical plot sense. Well, if, if uh, Charles Cerny is in there, like Dom DeLuise's backup, who would be Bert's backup? Would it be like uh, uh, DeLuise? Uh, Did they do a sitcom together? He was in a sitcom, right? Oh, uh, you know what? I didn't really check out Burt Reynolds' career. Yeah, you know Burt Reynolds. Well. You see that guy fell? Yeah, and so Bert's like, let me see what happened. Let me see what happened. The one who fell is, I told you, the, the hostage that was going to get killed first. It's right. the woman. Yeah. By the way, this movie is pre-9-11, 99. So people falling out of buildings was entertainment back then. Well, it's not analogous to, to the falling out of the buildings of the Trade Tower. I mean, that was, you know. Oh, because one was a hotel and, and the other. I mean, they were basically free-falling. They were like without a parachute jumping out of a plane. That's what was going on, oh. right? I mean, I don't know how many. But this <laughs> was just, the, the bad guy threw a hostage out the window with a note tied to it. These are by demands. Right. Three stories. Yeah. If you don't comply to my demands, I'll throw more hostages off to the, I don't, I'll do it. So this guy is like, you know, the other one woman was like, I'm a stereotype tough black woman. And we're going to get back to the investigation. You know, like, right. and then fugitive guy is like, I know that you're that cool cop, Logan McQueen. So therefore, I'm going to turn a blind eye and let you go in. Here's your gun. You see, he's a felon. He's not allowed to have a gun. And if you tell them that I sent you in, I will deny it. Understood, pal. God, Bert looks great. Every shot, he looks great. Every shot doesn't look like he's with anybody in the room. <laughs> we got a piece of paper here, okay? More demands. We got a fax. 
See, they're not using the good negotiator anymore, Mike. So they're using a fax machine. Does it make sense? Is that does that replace right? Yeah, well, fax machines were big in '99. <laughs> is that so, the point I'm making? I'm saying the thing is, he demanded Charles. He got Charles. He goes, "You got a wire? I can't trust you." Fuck, fucking negotiator. We'll just do it by fax. This plot makes no sense. <laughs> is the fax wire to wire though? <laughs> You're right. The fax is a wire boss. You do realize that. Damn it! Yeah. You went from a guy wearing one wire to a machine made of wires. What is the fuck wrong with you? It's electric. Yeah. He yeah. goes over the telephone line. I remember that movie, Almost Famous. They were talking about the fax machine. You know, it could print a page in 12 minutes. Like, because that was compared to putting something in the mail in a couple days. Right. Yeah. Three days. There's a lot of movies with fax machines in it. You just have to look. Claire, Clarence, uh, what was it? Clarence, uh, Doris Claiborne, the Stephen King movie, it always revealed through a fax. Like uh -huh. the, the paper comes through and it's like, no, I can't believe the reveal. You know. Uh, Back to the Future 3. Back to the Future 3. You're fired, right? The, the fax. It was a joke fax, Mom. It was a joke fax. What's this, honey? What's this fax that says you're fired? Oh, honey, it was a joke fax. A joke fax? <laughs> honey, we have faxes in every room, and I don't think all the fax machines in, in 2015 are joke fax. What about uh, the player? Were... He gets he gets a car fax that says, I'm going to no. kill you. Car, yeah, the car fax with the fox. You have that in California, car fax? Yeah, we do. We have Carfax with the Fox. Well, this is Car. No, you're thinking Car Fox. This is Carfax, where you're in a fight. Uh, oh, like in Hudson Hawk, Richard E. Grant gets a fax printed to him in his limo, and then he throws it through a shredder and it goes uh, <laughs> on the other side of his car, and it goes the shreds go out of his car. Oh wait, wait! I got to tell you something. Okay. All right. Okay, this is the young police detective who is on the boat with Bert and the girls. So he's come along to get Bert's back, right? So he says, I'll get you a gun, right? He says, wait for me here. But you remember the cop gave him a gun before, you see? So the plot, again, doesn't make any sense. Like, I'll get you a gun. And then our hero wanders on his journey and someone gives him a gun. And then he goes to the guy who got him a gun and he still takes the gun. So now Bert's got two guns, even though this guy only knows he has one. This plot makes, it's like they were sleeping. This writer, let me see here, this writer. Where is this writer? His real name. Uh, Stephen Berman, right? It isn't Alan Smithy. He was executive vice president of Columbia Pictures Television. He was the executive producer for that movie Bewitched in 2005. Oh, really? Well, I love that. That, that movie is very controversial. People hate that film. Oh, really? The one with um, Will Ferrell and, um, and Nicole Kidman, because it, it's a modern day. It's a it's about the production of a reboot of the sitcom Bewitched, right? And the actress actually is a witch, right? And what's the problem? Because people were like, we we just wanted a you know a remake of a sitcom on TV. Oh, uh, so they they wanted Starsky and Hutch movie. Yeah, they wanted like uh, the honeymooners, just right? Or fifty four, where are you? It's just here's the property, here's the characters. Well, this guy was the executive producer of that, and he went for, I guess he takes part of the blame. I mean, he birthed the, the thing. He green-lighted it, right? So he wrote a lot of TV. He wrote 
an episode of Roughneck Starship Troopers Chronicles. And he wrote a Hard Time Premonition 1999, another yeah. series. Premonition. I the predict first one. The first. Oh, the first one. I, I predict I'm going to lose this trial go to jail. I could be wrong that it's the first one. I kind of don't understand. This one follows the one called Hard Times. Hard Time. Hard Time. This is Hard Time 3. <laughs> yes. Hostage Hotel. So we know it's the third one. Logan McQueen. Logan McQueen. Bert McQueen is Logan Reynolds in content. <laughs> Logan McQueen 2, the end of the trilogy. <laughs> I love it. The last of the trilogy. Oh, more booby traps killed people. But it didn't kill Bert. He's too look, that was a close Ooh. one. I'm out of well, breath. Close. I'm I'm out of breath, right? And Bert's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And my hair is in place. Everything looks good and at my head. And acting. Listen, I'm annoying you right now. Would you stop annoying me? Oh, I got my hand on my forehead and my tie is disheveled enough. Uh, it, I've been at this eight hours. Will it ever end? They're, think about the ridiculousness. They're, they're out in the catacombs of the hotel. It's abandoned. Who knows what they'll find around each corner? Is that the way a hotel works? No. Hotel, the elevator opens and you got left and right rooms. <laughs> Right? You move to the next floor. Even if you're going up the stairs, left and right rooms. Not this thing. They're in the dungeon. They're, it is know, a dungeon. There's like a chest full of ice. I found a chest full of ice on this floor. Good job. Does anybody have any change? I found the... <laughs> Let me see. This one, the, the, the treasure is candy, but I need 75 cents. Oh, so maybe it would be even a cigarette machine. Because uh, who knows when it was abandoned, right? Right, true. It could have been abandoned in 1984. Marlboro. Does anyone have any Joe Camel cash? I'm, I'm all out. <laughs> Chesterfield. Chesterfield. Ooh, you got no filters? Cool. cool. There's cool. And maybe they'll be like the lady cigarettes, Virginia Slim 100. Mm. Um, what was that one? Uh, Yes, Slims, and they eventually yes. got called. And uh, Capri, I think it was. Right? See, you, you're making life, and you've never been desperate for a cigarette and had a vending machine that sold cigarettes, and all they had was, like, Virginia Slims 100s or, like, you know, Lucky Strike without... <laughs> I'd be lucky if it was Lucky Strike. It was, like, the worst <laughs> time. Oh, contraire, I did smoke, and I was there. And that included stuff like Paul Malls, Carlton, Paul and Malls. Carlton, smoke a Carlton. It's like, oh my God. I think I had, if Carlton's were without filters, if they offer no filter, I've smoked those and I probably got them for a vending machine because they didn't have fucking Marlboros or Parliaments. Right. Parliaments with the recessed filter. Yeah, the Parliament lights. You know, I quit smoking, but they've since released Parliaments like a regular because it's always been Parliament lights. And it was, there was nothing minty about it. Really? Parliament. Parliaments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. This poor film, we're not giving it any justice. Look, it's more of the same. It's ridiculous. They're like going through basements and crawling down tubes. Oh, they almost got hurt by that booby trap. Well, I played the video game, so I'm aware of the antics, right? Level two, floor two, room 6203. Yeah. 
nailed board smacks you in the face. Look out. Ooh. Huh. 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 That was close. Huh. So duck. I got a duck to get under this. Level two. Annoy Ted McGinley. <laughs> you out here outside the catacombs? Yes, I am. I'm trying to get a piece of mine. McQueen, McQueen, what is your progress? Well, I'm I'm walking through the catacombs. Will you stop bothering me? I'll tell you when I find it. This guy started off with a piece of bread. He's almost done. Well, see, he's weak-willed in the brain. So the congressman just keeps saying, please, may I speak with my daughter? Please, may I speak? And so the guy goes, I'll have to ask when Keith Carradine comes back. And the cops are like, write that down. His name's Keith Carradine. Write that down. <laughs> and he goes, David Carradine. No, not David. Who's the other brother, right? Uh, Robert. Robert, right. Uh, David and Robert, and the father was John Carradine. Carradine. Now, Robert is known for uh, for our generation because he was in Revenge of the Nerds. Right, and guess what? So was um, ha Happy Days guy. He was the, the McGinley. Bad, he was the bad guy. Yeah, in uh, that's right. So McGinley's worked with two Carradine brothers in films I've seen so far. I've seen two films with the Carradine brother and Ted McGinley. I appreciate this. Yes. And this is neat that it's Hal Needham and Burt Reynolds. And according to the internet, they're friends right now. I Alan Smithy, just because the thing sucked. Maybe they I, had a yeah. fighting about that. Maybe they had a falling out, but it didn't hit the papers. It was a private thing, you know? Uh, well, I'm sure it has to do with TNT and, and less of Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, like, how, how Needham reinvented himself as, like, not reinvented himself. He was always, like, a premier stuntman, and he was Burt Reynolds' stuntman. And you could say Once Upon a Time in America is based on their relationship. Yeah, but he, it is. Quentin you know, Tarantino says it. Yeah, he made all these, like, 80s dumb comedies with Burt and then continued as a director. But then he released a book about his history of as a stuntman, mm -hmm. and he was reintroduced on talk shows as a stuntman. You know, right. he was stuntman Hal Needham. Yeah, I watched interviews with Hal Needham for this. I thought we would be talking about him and Bert a lot more. And he made his money as a director, but he was a director of of that um, uh, Smokey and the Bandit kind of because they were too. I mean, Bert was a director of it as much as um, right now. Hal worked with the actors, okay, so that really makes him a director. But Bert set up a lot of those shots. You know, and and directed action. Uh, you know, he wasn't directing ja Jackie Gleason, but he was like, you know, Hal Needham wouldn't be there yet, and they would be setting everything up, and it was under Bert's supervision. So they were buddies. They were buddies. They worked as pals. They they didn't have. He fell in love with Sally Field and had an affair. For some reason, I don't. Not an affair. They weren't. It was a twist. It was a, it didn't last. Well, because I've always been obsessed with Bird and Lonnie. I always felt like they were such royalty. Yeah, I was, Bird and Lonnie, I looked up a lot of that stuff for this, too. Yeah? Yeah. Do you, because uh, they, they, I don't know, like, she got, he got sick and she took care of him. At least as the story goes. Uh, okay, what I learned was really about the divorce, why there was a divorce, and 
when Lonnie Anderson talked about it, the respect she had of not speaking for years and years and years. Uh, they had a child together. They adopted a child, I think it was. Wow. And and she really loved that guy, uh, that boy. And uh, there was lots of stories about um, uh, how bad Bert was and how he like slapped her around a little bit. And the thing is, he said, no one would believe you that I did that. I'm America's sweetheart, you know? Now, is Lonnie telling the truth? I think yes, probably just because she didn't talk for 12 years or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Well, we saw her in Munchie, right? Yes. We Munchie enjoyed did. that. That was good. That was a movie we paid attention to. Yeah, Dom DeLuise was the puppet. Yeah. Okay, so for this, this is that scene I told you about. They're like, I'm sorry. Now, all of a sudden, out of the blue, she's like, I love you. Wow. Touching. I'm sorry, Joe. Except that. <laughs> Someone should tell her she has a cocaine nose. Like a little blood and cocaine on it. <laughs> the thing is, there's no rhyme or reason for this scene. We had no lead up to it. We saw them fighting in the beginning. Then we saw her getting tortured, or if that's not the right word, just you know, losing her freedom, not being being confined and abused. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she's like, I'm sorry and I love you. It doesn't, this film, whoever, the guy who wrote this wasn't really thinking. Yeah, I don't think he needed to. He just needed to get it like a... But the yeah. thing is, why not? You know, you and I, Mike, could easily come up with a, a thing that made sense, right? I mean, come on, come on. We live in the Earth. We live on planet Earth. You, got, you have your Tom Selleck, you have your uh, Columbo character, and you have your your mid-cable network, and you have a product. You know, you have Dirk <laughs> Linson, Master Librarian. And you just need to crank them out, you know? This is pretty exciting. There's a hostage, and there's a hotel, and there's... This is before Saw, right? Saw was yeah. in the 2000. So it wasn't like Jigsaw built these these booby traps. It's no, more like... It was, uh, it was uh, Vietnam was still fresh in minds, but it's just a little... He's a little too young for Vietnam if it's 1999, but still. God, that's right if it's, it's Vietnam booby traps, but that's like 80s was re-examining re Vietnam. Yeah, that's right. Now, Quentin Tarantino, you know uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And yeah. if you look at the side-by-side -side pictures of... Um, of um, yeah, and right, they, they you can see with the sideburns and the dress, how he dressed him. He was a man's man. He was, you know, and if you look at, uh, I don't know, DiCaprio's character wasn't really exactly Burt. But I mean, he was on that cowboy show. Let's see, what was that show? Um, Riverboat in the early 60s. That's how they met when he was a stuntman for him. And that's kind of the place of Quentin's film, you know? And also Manson stuff was 69. Uh, yeah. What year? Like, it was 69. Yeah, yeah. I, I might be wrong on that, but I'm, it, if I am, then it's just by a year. 
it was the time of uh, Hal Needham's uh, look that um, that was in Tarantino's film, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Oh, no, it has to be. Yeah, I'm sure they took their inspired and, and by it. Now, Hal Needham never fought Bruce Lee. That was never a, that was a made-up thing of Tarantino. Right. He never uh, talked, he never took a glass of white milk and then drank it and then proceeded to, you know, <laughs> He had it. He was drinking whole milk, whole white milk. It's like, oh man! Like, couldn't he? Uh, Are you gonna drink that whole milk? Yeah, the whole gallon. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of uh, Tyler Tyler Durden. He suddenly got in Fight Club. Whoa, these angles, things are dangerous. So these, like, everybody else moves except for the main characters, right? Like, these two have been like, okay, time to leave the set. Um, These two, like, they're walking through the catacombs, you know, and, like, now they're at some sort of uh, stage, uh, like, there's a church organ, and now they're in a, a lobby. See, Bert's in, like, a lobby, as if there's another part of the hotel. That this must be the grand ballroom. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense. Well, not if you... In the, the John Wick of a hotel. If it was the John Wickiverse, it would be a hotel continental, and every room is different. Right, yeah. It's not that. It's an old abandoned hotel in Florida, in West Palm Beach. And it, it should be it should be pool area, right? Uh, right. Breakfast area. It should be elevator, floor with rooms. Floor no, with no, they should be crematorium. They should be uh, crematorium. They should be uh, spa. Speakeasy. There should be world of the future display. There should be... Uh, Barbershop, lobby, bar, like, barbershop. Yeah, lobby, like with a mini mall kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Barbershop, shoe shine. Right. Of course, Okino, maybe you could get a quick game, a lot of, lot of tickets. That's where they are now. They're walking through, like, like it's a endless trail of rooms and okay so now they're like talking to each other hey i'm gonna get to it the let them go oh it's i can tell you were in numb too you were a tunnel rat oh maybe we're not so different bad guy don't try to scam me with your gun i'll just give you a bullet sandwich <laughs> bullets i know it's like you're literally punctuating your dialogue with bullets <laughs> Yeah, we're not so different, you and I. Well, I can see a, a way that we can work together. No way. Oh, oh right? Yeah, me. Bang, bang, bang. You're all bang. the same. End the paragraph, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. New page, bang. Oh, my God. He wrote this in his sleep. His writing experience really was, you know, two or three television shows and the other film of this. He's a producer. That's who he is. So he must have had a script and he said, great, let's just hook it up. So glad Mr. Reynolds is part of this. This will really help the uh, film community of Miami. Let's shoot. Right. Ted Turner wants it on his network. Chop, chop. Ah, now we're safe in our deepest, darkest lair where I have my hostages. 
you know, there was like cable what? companies. Please have a tissue. May I please have a tissue? I know. It's like Key West. Can I please have a tissue? I've been. Well, that's like a lot of movies. Blood is cosmetics. Like they always have like a blood stain throughout the entire movie. Like they get yeah. hit. There's a mark yeah. on their nose. There's blood dripping from their sideburns, and they stays the entire film. Right, right, right. On the temple. Yeah, right on the temple. Like, yeah, cool. from the hairline. It says we're in physical pain, but you know we're also a branded character, I guess. Hey, those are clues. Blood drops. Right. It looks like that red stuff, you know? David must have got clipped. So he's saying, you know, we're going to take the daughter and we're going to travel with her. And she's like, take me, take me, don't take the daughter, take me. What is that note about? I don't remember that. Uh, it says, please feed me this attached carrot. Do not give me sweets. <laughs> I get one cup of Alpo okay. a day. <laughs> now the note has fallen off and she is yeah, struggling. Don't... She is struggling. Whoa, he's in the room. Bert found really runs. There's the helpless Charles Dunning on the floor. He's like, what are you doing, Bert? Your feet and uh, body are moving faster. Is it, it's called running, Charles. I came to get you, cop buddy. Oh, he shot him lying down. He's lying on his back, killing people. <laughs> right, he's so big. They said, perfect. perfect. His stuff was written around. Up, up, it's the breadcrumbs. They're going to lead me right. Oh, right, yeah, little, little blood breadcrumbs. Yeah, yeah so Charles, instead of standing, one of your characters lying down on a mattress that happens to be on the floor. Oh, good idea. I brought my own mattress. In in Bert's religion, you have to touch someone's neck. I bless you. <laughs> I bless you. Here we go. I okay? bless you. you. Person, yeah. I bless. Hey, it's you're right. alive. It's all right. It's all right. Are you trying to do the parquet go. butter guy? I mean, I'm alive. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were dead. I was doing the parquet butter guy. He goes, let me take your gun. So he's now he's got a machine gun. He pats it on the back. Man, Gordon Ramsay is pissed. You call this a steak? <laughs> well, back at that headquarters, it's just like pressure, pressure. I'm seeking information, seeking information. And the politician's like, when will it end? When will it end? When will this end? That's what we see every time we cut back. Gotcha. There's little Vietnamese writing. Well, because uh, he was in a war, wasn't he? Yeah, it was Vietnam. Look, blood. Hmm. Hmm. Blood. Can you imagine, like, he follows the blood, the blood trail, and it was just a dying dog. God damn it. Okay. Bam! You get stabbed from the tunnel rat stuff. be trapped. Very creative. Okay, I do it all along. What a great look, Bert. Yeah, yeah, I knew that trap would be there. So now Bert has freed the wife and Charles Dunning. So Charles Dunning walks in on them and goes, uh, excuse me, I forget what he said, something so stupid like, may we come in? You know, 
And sure. they're like, oh, hug. I'm pretending that I'm happy to see a wife, a loved one finally safe. But daughter's not safe. Um, and, and also, uh, the bad guy who, like, arranged the hostage, he gets this disappointed look. And I don't know why. Right now, he's going listen, you should use this situation for your political advantage. And then the politician will be, I'm pretend angry, I'm pretend angry. And angry guys hit people. So he's going to crack them across the jaw, cowboy style. Never mind that the congressman just is fighting with the person. I just got a fax. That's right, there's the fax. Wow, and the FBI guy goes, no, 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 don't tell me just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts, ma'am. Done, 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 done. Well, according to the first page of this fax, this was sent at 2.43 p.m. at Kinko's at on Geary. And it was from Carl, through right. Mike. Uh, from Montclair Kinko's. From Mon on Route 3. No, on Route 3 in Totowa. Uh It says number of pages three. Does that include the cover page or does it include the cover <laughs> page? Oh, no, it does say. It's an under parenthesis. Thank God. You know, I had a job where I all my work was coming out of fax machines, and uh -huh. you could get like spam. You know how you get emails yeah, 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 yeah. saying when like a vacation. A menu, a menu. Yeah, we would get like uh, a menu, or we would get like when a trip to Disneyland, or we would get like pages of black pages, like just to fuck with us. People uh -huh. would fax like black pages to us and waste our ink, or uh, refinance your home. Hey, re. Uh, Paint your house, $500. Gutter's a problem. What about, like, the inappropriate humor uh, emails? You know how, like, you send, like... Right. Uh, I remember those days. Yeah, so we would get those facts. We would get those, like, uh, rotty cartoons or, like, <laughs> off-color humor cartoons. Those gags. Those one-panel one gags. Now, for some reason, he's taking the daughter somewhere. Okay, I don't know if it's his escape or something. He's taking the daughter somewhere, and they're aware of it, and so they're kind of like following him. That's all they're doing, following him, just cautiously because there are booby traps. Now, why would there be booby traps if he was running, if he was in flight? You know what I mean? Like, but right. anyway, he can't set him up. <laughs> I'm so done with this movie, and so was Hal Needham. That was oh, pretend. Yeah. That was a stunt, man. <laughs> no, that wasn't Burt Reynolds jumping. That wasn't Burt Reynolds dropping a full ten feet and to a skylight into a parking lot or cement floor. Right. It has to be seven feet to a regular ceiling, and then he was three feet above that for a skylight. So he drops ten fucking feet. That was a stunt, man. And, and, you know, it was Burt Reynolds, and he was only four or five anyway, so it was like six feet drop. Well, look at this now, Mike. Are we in the abandoned garage part? You know, it's leaky. There's what a fucking shithole. I don't understand why they were celebrating the reopening of this hotel, when, in fact, the hotel is filled with cobwebs and drifting, like... Yeah, they only made, they only remodeled the ballroom area to right. kick off the grand remodeling. It makes no sense, Mike. That's not the way you'd remodel anything no. in this life that you do. Oh, I, at a time. If you like me, I will remodel 
the ballroom of the uh, uh, of the historic hotel, and then keep all the cobwebbed uh, rooms then intact. I'll redo a bathroom. Yeah, and then I'll have like a, a dinner celebrating myself for doing this. <laughs> and then we'll move down the hall to our first bedroom. Once it's done, we'll invite the press. I'll give a speech. Okay, now Burt Reynolds puts on uh, gear, like for what? To camouflage himself? Seriously, Mike, why would he put that on? Because his stuntman needs to cover his face when he actually walks around, crutch. So that joke means you're with me, that it makes no sense. This was written by a monkey who's never lived on planet Earth. Like an alien person said, write me a human movie. I'm on it. Carl, you've been to the drugstore and you've been to the paperback section and you picked up, you know, Remo Williams, volume 74, you know, the spirit or whatever, or like, it's just pulp, pulp mysteries, you know? That's all you want from TNT. You want to, instead of reading a mystery book about whatever the guy's name is, you see a TV show of it. Mm. Did I lose you? I'm right. Yes, yes, it's weak. It's weak. It's like, this doesn't matter, so don't make it in the on planet Earth. Don't make it in the real world. Just right. do a lot of things... Just to make a movie of events. It doesn't make sense. Look, what he knife. He could have done, done anything, anything after uh, Boogie Nights, right? That's always the story. Maybe he's trying to build up a, a network franchise, you know? it's uh, Maybe he was ahead of the game. Well, he uh, did. It was a three-movie series. You're right about that. He had, this is the Logan McQueen series. It's hard time. This was a payday. Yeah, oh, for sure. But I don't know. I mean, I see Tom Selleck, like, he has a mystery character. This whole model of the, you know, ABC uh, Sunday Night Murder Mystery movie, where it would be Columbo every month or McMillan, he just crank out these kind of serialized movies. Yeah, but I'm still not with you because those movies take place in the real world. You know, there's been a murder committed. The motive was reasonable. You know, he caught him, her cheating. You know what I mean? Right. Columbo is on. It made sense how he goes, excuse me, sir, one more thing. You know, he's doing something that other people do in your life. How they, in, you know, it, it irks you when they're coming back. Yeah, it, it's grounded on planet Earth. This doesn't like. Listen, do you have any Cheerios? I need Cheerios for this mission. Let me get you a bowl. Right. Right. Okay. Now we're getting in the swan boat. Is the swan boat here? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Go out to the swan boat. Get in the boat. Is this taking us down the tide of incesticide? That's poison. Ah, we're in danger. There's vines on the side of the riverbank, like always in places like this. Grab them and swing to <laughs> It just, it doesn't. Oh, it's evident. We've, we've landed in a village of munchkins. I want one demand. Charles Durning. Are you sure? That, have you seen Mr. Durning lately? Come on. Cut the man a break. You want him to walk across the lobby? That's so cruel. You're a mean man. Okay, here you go. 
Mr. Journey said, I got to stand on this column. No, we understand. I got to hold on a second. I'm, I walked up to myself. I'm, I'm here, just like you asked. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I, wanted, I wanted Jack the Warden. Wait, Jeez. you have a wire. You're wearing a wire. Hey, you remember me? I was, You're that person who helped me out that one time. No, I don't remember that, but I'm saying that I do. You're yeah. wearing a wire. I'm furious. Now I'm going to fax my demands to the cops. I don't need a negotiator anymore. And you are a third, ho a fourth hostage. You're a hostage now. Don't worry, Burt Reynolds will save me. This film makes no sense. Right here, he's got his uh, hand on the trigger. And if Burt Reynolds, like, moves, he'll blow it up. Let me put it on. This movie, it reminds me of that, what was it, like, Jeff Daniels was like an Irish uh, bomber maker or some shit like that? Remember, it was like a Boston movie about a guy who kept building bombs and taunting a cop. I don't remember that film. Yeah, I can't. I can't place it. it wasn't now, very good. This is the film's like big scene. We have about five minutes left. Six minutes left. So let's listen, okay? Bert's coming out. Don't don't pull your finger on that explosive. Oh right, otherwise three camera angles of an explosion. Right. Like, Ooh, look at that look. You mean business. Yeah, why did he put that mask over his face? Now look, watch him save the daughter. Get it, watch oh, out for the fire. Run, run. So the whole thing was like a standoff, but it was never a standoff because Keith Carradine could have pressed the button at any, any, any time. There was no standoff. And he goes, okay, I'm putting my gun down. I don't give a shit if you have a gun. I have a button here. It makes no sense, this move. Okay, daughter just wanders out. Look, everyone goes, what? The daughter? Oh, I am the responsible. I thank you for saving. Look at that look. That's the parental. Ooh, he even winked at him. Thanks for saving box my daughter. in the hen house now. Look, there's a fox. He's going to add him. Whoa-oh. Uh-oh. Now, this is good. Hal Needham makes him back up and bonk into the two authority figures, the FBI and the local cop. See? Right, right. They're right behind them. That's, That's the Needham we know. Crap. That's now, the Hal Needham we remember. Now, the Hal Needham we don't know and don't remember, same with the Burt Reynolds, is one that would allow them to shoot a film that doesn't take place in reality. Now, look, here's another thing that happens. They hear on the news that somebody embezzled some money or stole funds, and then everyone stares at Charles Dunning like they know he has something to do with it, but it has nothing to do with anything. I'll show you. This is just, oh, they're wrapping it up. They did that in that Donnie Wahlberg, uh, the, the Marky Wahlberg uh, wait, wait, uh, Spencer wait, wait, wait. movie. All right. That's a loud TV set. Well, I, it's, for the, it's for the audience. No, but I'm saying, like, the, they're at a country club watching oh, the whole time. I got Where's, where's the look, TV? Duck, gunshot wounds. What? And they look at Charles like he did it. 
$100 million from the Iron Group Mutual Fund. Look, new character in the movie. Right. It's uh, Rick Rubin. Right. Got a $100,000 award. Oh, they're looking at him. Yeah. Just get yeah, me out of this picture. He looks like he's caught. I just want to get out of this picture. Here's the only thing I can figure. In the beginning of the film, they were going for $10,000 to kidnap this one guy who got shot or something. So maybe it had to do with the beginning. Like Charles Dunning did some clever, interesting thing behind the back maybe. of Burt Reynolds with that situation. Although it doesn't make sense because the guy got shot dead. I don't know. This whole movie made no sense. You introduce a character at the last five minutes. You <laughs> you have them go wop 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 over something that had nothing to do with the movie. Right. Help! Well, help! Help! Is it over? It's over! It's over! Listen, so Spencer, the Netflix movie with Mark Wahlberg as Spencer for Hire. It ends with them sitting around a TV set and announces some crime and them going, what? Don't do it. We're not going to start again, are we? And that's the ending. Well, this is the ending of Hard Time 3. Thank God. Hotel. The last time I'll ever say those combination of words again. Carl, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was not good. I thought it was good that Burt Reynolds was, was Hal Needham, but no, that wasn't good because no, it wasn't good. They didn't make a, a thing that uh, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my mother. Well, I'm your stepmother and you're gonna, Oh no, I've been kidnapped. I'm so sorry that I mistreated you, mom. And I will, I pledge to you that I will be a good kid from now on. I'm never grounding you again. I'm going to ground myself. It, this it, there's a, it doesn't take place on planet Earth. Okay, I'm done complaining. Because well, uh, the show's done. Yeah, I mean, I really wish it, it grabbed my attention a bit, but, you know, everything's telegraphed and everything is kind of... Uh, if I was in a waiting room with, a, with some medical condition, I'd probably sit and watch this movie like, this is the greatest thing I ever diverted my attention from. But, you know, if I'm not in a hospital bed, or, you know, in between flights. I don't want to see this at all. Uh, so, yeah. But it's Bert, and it's another Hal Needham movie I saw with Bert, no less. So, this movie sucks. Yeah, but this movie, this episode was good. Thank you for telling me about The Last Movie Star, about Hoopla Digital, about uh, uh, the library card. What is it? Yeah. With a K. Oh, and we definitely did not talk about this movie at all. So it was great to catch up with you, Carl. Yeah, it was great to yeah. catch up with you. This movie bit the big one, and it could have been great because it was the guys who gave us Cannibal Run. Right. One but no, no. Oh. The guys who gave, yes, they, they did give us Cannibal Run. Thank you for nothing. But they gave us uh, Smokey and the Bandit. What a great film. But look, Cannibal Run was nineteen eighty. This is nineteen ninety nine. So it took them nineteen years to get to this point. Yes, yeah, Stoker Ace, nineteen eighty three, was the last film they were. Yeah, and that film sucked and everything. But I mean, oh, it was still their magic, you know. Unless you like Jim Neighbors, there's no reason to watch that movie. Yeah, uh, we are wrapping up this film. Thank you, Ted Turner, for uh, giving us. Maybe it's on HBO Max. Carl, I have a movie picked already for next week. Okay, great. Uh, I don't know trailer? if it's a con controversial film or if it's going to be like, I don't know, but it uh, hit every button. And I don't know if it's based on the novel that had the name. But of course, I'm talking about 
one of my favorite actors, actresses, and we've done a bunch of her movies, Brooke Shields. Okay. In the 1979 movie Tilt, T-I-L-T, where she is a 13-year-old pinball wizard. There has to be a twist. Pinball wizard? She has such a supple wrist. It's 1973, did you say? No. Yeah, whatever pops up. Let's see what it says. 79, 79. Okay. That makes more sense for the pinball wizard by the who. Because right. that's why this got made. Uh, I, don't, I don't see a trailer, but I do see the full-length movie. So, right. Carl, if I may, I, I'm going to present the trailer in three, two, one. Uh, tilt, tilt. Today's youth. Tilt, tilt. Hey, honey, what you doing? Wow. Uh, not much, creepy old guy from 1979. I'm just 13 year old playing pinball. Because I'm a pinball professor, magic professor, who there must be a different reason. But he could be the coach. You could be my coach. Yeah. You and me, kid, we're going to the top of the pinball charts. That's right. We're not doing stupid bowling. No, we're going no, to. We're not. We're doing pinball. And we're not doing like a young Tim Matheson. No, this no. movie has a 13. She's 13 year old Brooke Shields playing a 14 year old uh, uh, pinball wizard. So, what a range. Yeah, what a range. Uh, and so that's it. So next week, we're really excited. We have also watched, uh, seems like old, no, just you and me, kid. That, right, that was with right. Pam Benjamin. You were actually, that was a week that you were unable. So our station manager for Mutiny Radio. I saw it just with just you and me, kid. I was there. I was. I, oh, you were? Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. I keep thinking that it was Pam because, uh, yeah, she that was terrible. With us. She would watch the film with us, I guess. She did watch also, the film. Uh, that's right. That's right. She joined us. Uh, and then Speed Zone, where she plays herself. Speed Zone? Yeah. Speed she's, Zone she's remember, The Smother Brothers are taking a flight, and they're like, excuse me, flight attendant, you look like Brooke Shields. She's like, oh, that's a coincidence. I wouldn't oh, be right. Brooke Shields. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. They were good in that. Uh, were they? Were they? They had some banter. It was okay. Yeah. It, their scenes were fun. It added to the movie. Yeah, it that's the, movie. the right word. Their scenes were fun. It added to the movie. Well, so that's good. Well, you can tell that we didn't like our movie today because we're talking about movies we do enjoy, like Speed Zone. So we hope you enjoyed uh, watching the movie and listening to us at the same time. Uh, we made it through Hard Time 3, Hostage Hotel. We'll be back next Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm. We stream always there first. We're also on our podcast as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, and that is also our YouTube channel. And you can find us at Let's Watch a Full Life Movie on YouTube on Facebook, where we announce the movies days before. So sign up to any of these services. We appreciate it. Definitely go to Venmo, throw in some bucks at Mutiny Radio. Carl, do you have any upcoming events you want to promote? Any... Uh, well, I'll, I'm probably at Scotty's this coming Friday and Saturday. So come on down. Scotty's Pub and Comedy Cove in Springfield, New Jersey. National headliners. Average yeah. features. Sometimes a lame-ass guest spot. And me, your host and MC. That sounds great. And uh, I don't think I'm doing anything in October. So the hell with that. We'll, we'll see you next week. Let's watch. A full length
Marl. Uh, I, I'm Mike's friend. I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and ways champagne tickles my nose. And I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. The French duh, not the oh, duh, duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more Yes! 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 
Hello. We've got a favor. Yes. We've got somebody who's ready here to give it to you. Come on. Give it to me. That's right. That's right. Let me introduce you really quick to a friend of mine named Robin Morehouse. How you doing? He's the euphemism stretcher. If you know what I mean. That's right, folks. These guys have been coming to gatherings for years. And like, you know what? <laughs> they ain't sorry. They're ready to rock it all night long, if you know what I mean. That's right, folks. <laughs> Step right up. That's right. That's enough for everybody. That's right. <laughs> we can keep it coming all night long. Dissipations. We be like solar reflections. Foreshadowing insight. Cruising around. As we're in this dark place, you can see that there is still this glowing red light. Yeah, I'm tired of weed with names. Give me some ladies here. Oh, I love you. Now, this is this ground here. Oh no, now I'm like Darth Vader. Emerging from cocoons, clarifying, we spin intrinsic webs and wounds of projection. I'm <laughs> 
ends. Glow. Wow. 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 Glow. Wow. 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 Increasing transmissions. Innate intelligence. Neurotransit emitters intersecting, revealing bodies like relevance. Perpetual rhythms pulsating through time. Vibratory oscillation permeating skin while down the crowns that pivot the days that sweet can come back to root the life and wrap it down to the spine. Geological faults and continuums we climb. Personifying we exist, collecting fajing consciousness. Mystically passed on the seventh sign of our time.
You want love is, you love is divine. You want love is, you love is divine. You want love is, yes, your love is divine. Yes, you want love is, yes, so it's so divine. You want love is, you love is divine. You want love is, love is divine. You want love is, you love is divine. Yes, you want love is, you love is divine. You want love. I stopped for a while. Yeah, you do. Yeah. 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 And there are more. Come next to our okay. shock people. I know where some of them are. I'm going to get our It'll be a little while, but we got more. I'll bring back all The silver one. Yeah. I can help out. Hey, you want some water? I'm going to show you. I have a thing in my hand. We love you, loving ovens. Woohoo! Oh, yeah, loving you, man. Oven, y'all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Some warming up. That's <laughs> Stories, stories, stories. How many of y'all dyslexic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for the first time in your life, you have the advantage. See, my family used to make fun of me for being dyslexic. And I realized, some point along the way, I could just not translate for y'all, and you'd think it was funny. <laughs> to that end, I'm going to tell you a story you already know, and you're going to laugh at it. <laughs> so here it is. Tunsil on a pine. There were P through legs. <laughs> and all these pit legs, real good friends on account of they'd been pit liglets together. <laughs> they were. Well, the first of these pit legs decided he was going to heal them a bouse. And he'd been reading in this magazine about Breen Grilden. So he built him a hall strauss. He was a rocking down the woe done way, and he seen a dragon wyver hauling a strode along. And he hollers out, dragon wyver, dragon wyver, sell me that strode along, I gotta heal the bouse. And he did. He took that strode along and he built him a hall strauss. And when it was done, he was pried him out of it. <laughs> well, that peccant said league, he wasn't about to be outdone. So he was a rocking down the woe done way, and he seen a dragon wyver hauling a stowed licks. <laughs> he did. Dragon wyver, dragon wyver, he hollered. Sell me that stowed licks. I'm going to heal the bouse. And he did. He built him a hickstouse. Not a hallstrouse, but a hickstouse. <laughs> and when it was done, he was proud him out of it. Out. Well, the Perth Thiddle League, he believed in building for the long term. So he got him a Brodelix and he built him a Hickbrows. Not a Hallstrauss, not a Hickstaus, but a Hickbrows. He did. Built it long and low. Thing was sturdy. Looked like it had hervive a hurricane. Which is going to be important just a little bit down the road. That's what we toy stylers call a prick sneeview. Well, 
the first fiddle league, he was sitting on his front porch one done way. He was. When a roaming up the code, he seen the wig bad boof. And he hid into the house right quick and in a hurry. And the wig bad boof docks on the door. Fiddle-leg, fiddle-leg. Let me lin, let me lin. Not by the chair of my hinny hen hen. Then I'll puff and I'll huff and I'll hoe your blouse down. And he did. He puffed and he huffed and he hoed that blouse down. That Hallstrauss was no match for the wig bad bull. Well, the first fiddle league ran over to the pecking siddling's house right quick and in a hurry. He did. And the wig bad bull, well, he followed after. And he danged on the board of the Hickstouse. Fiddle legs, fiddle legs. Let me lin, let me lin. Not by the chair, our hinny hen hen. And I'll puff and I'll huff and I'll hoe your blouse down. And he did. He puffed and he huffed and he hoed that blouse down. And the first fiddle league and the peckant siddle league ran over to the perd fiddle league's house. Say that three times fast. I just did. <laughs> That's once is all you get. That's hard enough. And the wig bad bull, well, he followed after. And he danged on the bore of that hick prouse. Piddle legs, piddle legs. At me lin, at me lin. Not by the chair, our hinny hen hen. And I'll puff and I'll huff and I'll hoe your blouse down. Just try it. And he did. He puffed and he huffed and he huffed and he puffed till he was blue in the face. But that hick prouse didn't go nowhere. That Hickbrouse was too strong for the wig bad bull. Well, he caught his breath for a minute. His head scratched on it. And it came to him. And he fetched a gatter out of the garage. And then he rhymed up on the kloof. Then he set to chiming down the clemmy fed Hurst. But he hit a sparrow knot and he stuck guck. He did. That poor big bad bull. Well, those pit legs just realized what had happened, and they started to fire. Wait, that one came out forward. I told you I was dyslexic. They farted a stire. They did. They farted a stire. Right there in the fireplace. And for dinner that night, they had roast wolf. E then. Wait, wait, wait. There are two storals to this mori, as far as I know. Wumber none. Don't overlook a potential food source just because it's trying to eat you. And tumber new. If you think you're a part smersen, don't go chiming fed her stana clemney. It just sets a bad example. <laughs>
Possessing the feet. As we trip back from time, join infinite circles, third eyes fuse. Exude spectral hues and dig the indigos that night shades the rivers in motion.
tried out to dwell on that day. Like old Gordon had me and strapped me on down. My life shall be taken away. My life shall be taken away. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the music's great. Music is wonderful. Grab your paradigm and then shift it. Raise the clutch and let's get lifted. <laughs> I like it nice and toasty. <laughs> oh, this hits popcorn. Loving oh. you guys. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Nice. Loving you. Good night. Loving you guys. Mm. Oh. I'm satisfied. Rightfully so. We need real food. Mm. Yeah. This is a poem for every person who has held their breath for a period of days, weeks, years, coming up finally as if from underwater to <gasps> holding on to anything solid, don't let me go back down again. Hello, beautiful body. Hello, 